Welcome to Market Matters, our markets podcast on Making Sense, the hub for J.P. Morgan Corporate and Investment Bank podcasts. In each episode of Market Matters, we discuss the latest news and trends shaping markets today. Hi, I'm Edwina Lowe, Product Specialist within the Data Assets and Alpha Group here at J.P. Morgan. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by my colleague, Krupa Patel, who runs the International Market Intelligence Team to talk about Japan which has been in the headlines in the past week, post Warren Buffett expressing his interest in raising exposure to the region's stocks further. I wanted to probe Krupa on whether all this excitement around this news is justified, and also how she thinks about the investment case for Japanese equities, a region which I know was one of the only ones she was bullish on through most of last year. So Krupa, thank you so much for being with me here today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Edwina. So, Krupa, let's get straight into it and start with the recent Warren Buffett headlines. Could you possibly lay out for our listeners what exactly Buffett said on the 11th of April, which has driven the Nikkei very close to its year-to-date highs? And what implications do you think it could have for Japanese stocks going forward? Sure. So basically what happened was in an interview in last Tuesday's Nikkei, Warren Buffett spoke very positively about Japanese equities, saying he is looking to buy more. To quote Buffett, there are always a few I'm thinking about, is what he said on Japanese stocks, and that he planned to meet with different company leaders and, quoting him again, just have a discussion around their businesses and emphasize our support. He also noted that he had increased his stakes in Japan's five major trading houses, or Sogo Sosha, as they are called in Japanese, which have deep roots in the country's economy, providing everything from energy to food. Post this latest addition, Buffett's stake in these trading houses would have gone up to 7.4% each, excluding treasury shares, which would make Japan his second largest country holding after the US. And also, it might be worth noting that these trading houses, where his stake succeeded 5% in August 2020, are currently his sole Japanese equity holdings. Now, as you can imagine, headlines of one of the world's most respected global investors increasing his exposure to a region has led to a lot of optimism in markets. The Nikkei has rallied by 3% since the headlines and is now close to -to year-to-date highs, as you mentioned earlier. And the Topex Wholesale Trade Index, which is the key gauge for Japan's major trading houses, has risen up to a record high with Itochu and Marubeni rising the most by 10% and 11% respectively since the news. Now, in terms of what this could mean for Japanese stocks going forward, in line with our chief Japanese equity strategist, Rii Nishihara, in our research team, we also think that this is hugely supportive for the buy case for Japan. Warren Buffett is traditionally known for investing in stocks that look undervalued from a long-term perspective, and he tends to focus on companies that have growth potential beyond the business cycle, i.e. over 10 or 20 years. With the global business cycle showing signs of slowing, Japan's ultra-cheap valuations relative to its global peers, and its economy proving to be resilient to the global recessionary risks, especially as it continues to exit its decades-long deflationary cycle and continues to progress with the TSE governance reforms, it's not surprising that this market has attracted Buffett's attention even more. Overall, while this latest development could drive a continued rally in the Nikkei as a whole within the market, 
the quality, cash-rich, and undervalued stocks, i.e. the investment criteria Buffett is known to base his stock picks on, are the most attractive. Our strategists in research and colleagues in the Asia Delta One sales team have together created a liquid basket to play this theme in case any of our listeners are interested in trading it or simply seeing which companies meet Buffett's investment criteria currently. The Bloomberg ticker for this basket is JPJBCQVA. Thank you, Krupa. That's all really fascinating. Now, if we could rewind to this time last year, I remember you were very bullish on Japanese equities, arguing that with the economy finally exiting its decades-long deflationary cycle, the Nikkei may have begun a period of structural outperformance. Towards the end of last year, obviously, this buy case for Japan appeared to have hit a roadblock, with the BOJ surprising markets by announcing a widening of its YCC bans. Also, while rising inflation was seen as a positive for the Japanese economy last year, in recent months there have been some concerns around this theme, as it may force the BOJ to abandon its YCC completely and event exit its long-standing NERP. So, given all of this, would you say you were still bullish on Japanese equities? Sure. So, to answer your question upfront first, yes, I'm still bullish on Japanese equities. As you correctly point out, around March last year, I had started talking about a structural buy case emerging for the Nikkei, as the Japanese economy looked to be exiting its decades-long deflationary spiral, with both PPI and CPI showing an upturn as a consequence of the global inflationary forces that were in full swing then. And indeed, this was also a theme that we discussed in one of our introductory podcasts on this channel back in August last year. Now, between March and November, these factors worked very much in favor of Japanese stocks, especially as we were seeing rising inflation against a backdrop of domestic reopening and also improving growth data together with what was a very sharp depreciation of the yen on the back of the Bank of Japan staying accommodative as the Fed tightened its policy. The Nikkei rallied by 15% in absolute terms over that period and outperformed its global equities by even more, around 21% in local currency terms. But towards the end of the year, Concerns over whether the Bank of Japan could stay accommodative in the face of rising inflationary pressures started to grow, and that drove the yen up to 135 in anticipation of tighter policy at some stage this year, and hence that weighed on the Nikkei. This uncertainty around the new Bank of Japan governor, as Kuroda was set to retire in early April this year, was another factor weighing on the stock market. And then in December, just before Christmas, on the 20th, we had the now infamous surprise from the Bank of Japan when it announced a widening of its YCC bands, leading to a 5% appreciation in the yen and an 8% sell-off in the Nikkei into year-end. Since then, however, calm does appear to have returned to the Japanese stock market. The appointment of Ueda as the next Bank of Japan governor has brought some certainty around monetary policy. Ueda is generally known to be in favor of keeping Japan's monetary policy accommodative, which has helped the Nikkei rally back materially in the last few months. And even though he has acknowledged the need to adjust YCC at some point, 
something that our economists actually expect to happen in June, we don't think this is going to be a major negative for Japanese equities. Even if there is a full abandonment of the YCC in the coming months, barring the initial knee-jerk negative reaction that you could get, we don't think it would materially damage the buy case for Japanese stocks, as ultimately higher rates after years of the negative interest rate regime should eventually support the value-biased Nikkei. Structurally, I continue to believe Japan is in a very exciting phase here, something that Ri has also been talking about as she calls what the economy has been going through in the last year or so, a structural transformation, with the prospect of a US recession this year rising under the impact of the Fed tightening we've seen in the last year and the recent banking stress. Japan, with its still relatively resilient economy and comparatively lower inflation to the rest of the DM world, once again stands out. And Warren Buffett's recent raising of his exposures to Japan is just a further seal of approval for this market. Thank you, Krupa. So that's a very bullish picture for Japan, one that is aligned with our strategist view as well. How do you think clients are positioned in Japanese equities currently? The buy case for Japan you've just talked about sounds very compelling. So are clients chasing the recent leg higher in the Nikkei too? That's a great question and one that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering about as well. So based on our positioning intelligence team's data, which is a key input in my team's content, which tends to be highly data-driven, we saw buying in Japanese equities during the first half of January when net flows hit more than two standard deviations on a 10-day view and about 1.5 standard deviations month on month. But since then, hedge fund flows have been quite muted over the last couple of months. We didn't see any sustained hedge fund buying during the outperformance that we saw between Feb to early March, nor much selling during the sell-off that we had between early March to mid-Feb. In terms of positioning, It has been slowly increasing over the last one year and is no longer light. So the long-short ratios, for example, are currently in the 80th percentile and net exposures are currently around 1.3 standard deviations. So what these flows and positioning trends are telling us, I think here, is that there is definitely global investor appetite out there to position for the Japanese buy case that I just laid out. It kind of hit a speed breaker in Q4 last year with the uncertainty around Bank of Japan's policy and also as European equities and to a certain extent Chinese equities as well were taking off. But now it looks like the stars are aligning again, so to speak, for the Japanese market. So it may well be that we start seeing renewed inflows in this market. Great. Thank you, Krupa. So if I was to briefly summarize your views... You're bullish on Japanese equities structurally, a stance that you've often been highlighting in your pieces and our podcasts over the past year or so. While the buy case for Japan did hit some speed breakers, things do appear to be looking up now. You think the fact that the Japanese economy is exiting its decades-long deflationary spiral and therefore has a better economic growth outlook versus the US and Europe, where the prospects of recession are rising. Japan is seeing corporate governance reforms and now greater certainty on the near and medium term path of monetary policy post the official appointment of Ueda as the Bank of Japan governor. All of which means that it may be time to look at the Nikkei again. 
It's a market that has been getting Warren Buffett's increased interest lately too, which you think will boost its attractiveness further for global investors who've already been adding exposure to the region over the past year. Does that sound about right? Yes, I think you summed it up very well. Thank you. Well, thank you, Krupa, for joining me on the podcast again and for sharing your views on markets today. Thank you also to our listeners for tuning in to this bi-weekly podcast from our group. We'd love to hear feedback on our content and to hear about other topics you'd like covered. So if you have feedback, questions, or you'd like to explore our wider team content further, please go to our website, jpmorgan.com forward slash market dash data dash intelligence. And there you can send us a message via the contact us form. And with that, we will close. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Market Matters. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we hope you'll review, rate, and subscribe to JP Morgan's Making Sense to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. The views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily reflect the views of JP Morgan Chase & Co. and its affiliates, together JP Morgan. They are not the product of JP Morgan's research department and do not constitute a recommendation, advice, or an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or financial instrument. This podcast is intended for institutional and professional investors only and is not intended for retail investor use. It is provided for information purposes only. Referenced products and services in this podcast may not be suitable for you and may not be available in all jurisdictions. JP Morgan may make markets and trade as principal in securities and other asset classes and financial products that may have been discussed. For additional disclaimers and regulatory disclosures, please visit www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclosures forward slash sales and trading disclaimer. For the avoidance of doubt, opinions expressed by any external speakers are the personal views of those speakers and do not represent the views of JP Morgan.